This is Fine Rambles, number 177. All right, let's talk dating, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, all the apps. These are winner-take-most platforms. 10% of the men, and let's adopt a a red pill term and call these high-status men alphas for now. 10% of the men, the alphas, get all the women. <laughs> and, and they do this in two ways, right? First, they sleep with multiple women at the same time. And second, they practice serial monogamy. But either way, one man absorbs many, many women. And with Tinder and with these other platforms, it's easier than ever for an alpha male to connect with women and, and this is a key point, to avoid the the reputation-destroying gossip that would put those women on their guard. So what we have as a result is the return of polygamy. (laughs) It's the return of polygamy. Now, my understanding is that you normally see polygamy in two types of, of societies. The first type of society is a very unequal society. And it's no secret that our society is definitely trending towards inequality, largely because in a whole array of different areas, you have the same dynamic of winner take most. But, 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 <laughs> the second type of society where you see polygamy is a society with relatively few males. So the women, well, they have to compete even harder to attract male attention and secure male commitment. And, you know, historical footnote, this is what happened in Russia after World War II, because 20 million Russian men died in WW2. Okay, so the women had to become more sexually available. They had to become more willing to not be the only woman in a man's life. That intrasexual competition went through the roof. As a result, men could get sex without providing commitment. They could treat women shabbily. And the result? Well, look at Russia. The result was a disaster. More single mothers, more absent fathers, more children who grew up without masculine role models who grew up thinking that this was how women were supposed to be treated. And that's where these dating apps, Tinder, etc., have taken us. It's only true in a very shallow sense that we have an equal number of men and women, because women simply don't notice most men. This is the apex fallacy. Betas to use another red pill term, are, are invisible to women. Women only notice the men at the top, the alphas. And because of Tinder, it's never been easier for a woman to attract the attention of an alpha male. It's never been easier for a woman to get an alpha male to sleep with her, to have sex with her. And that provides her with, you know, the sweet, sweet validation of being desired by a high-status man. But, okay, the fulcrum of the but, it's never been harder for a woman to keep that attention. It's never been harder for a woman to keep the alpha male's commitment to get a stable marriage where the father invests significant resources into his children as a parent. And why? Well, it's perfectly clear because the high status men, the highly desirable men, the the alphas, call them what you will, they have so many options. They have so many choices. They don't have to provide commitment in order to get 
sex. So what's the result? Well, the result is that in in the prisoner's dilemma game of, of sexuality and romance, both sexes are trapped playing the strategy of defect. No one commits. Everyone tries to avoid catching feelings, and whoever does catch feelings is, is the loser. Commitment is always temporary. Commitment is always fragile. The door out of a modern relationship is always open. And that doesn't work in Prisoner's Dilemma. When everyone defects, everyone loses. In game theory, you are taught that in Prisoner's Dilemma, you need external enforcement of cooperation. You want external enforcement of cooperation. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) It means you need a society that forces couples to stay together, even when they don't want to. And that enforcement used to come from family, from friends, from the wider community. And today it comes from nowhere. There are no social forces that still promote cooperation in sexuality and in romance. And instead, it's the opposite. All the social forces that used to promote cooperation now promote the strategy of defect. They promote defection. Divorce, which used to be forbidden, which used to be taboo, is now downright encouraged because of like modernity's shallow conception of, of personal happiness and, and fulfillment. Now, women are rewarded financially by the state for divorcing their husbands, right? Defection is incentivized. The state has replaced the husband. And yet, despite this huge skewing of the playing field in favor of the woman, in favor of the divorcing wife, defection is still a losing strategy for her. Women still lose in divorce. Okay, I can't emphasize this enough. When you have a prisoner's dilemma equilibrium of defect, defect, nobody wins. Nobody wins, okay? So let's take the men who aren't alphas, the the, the betas, right? The 90% of men who are beta. They get no women under this defect, defect equilibrium. And this is this is what they call like the incels, right? <laughs> it's the incel slur. And these men are sexually frustrated. They have no motivation. They have no woman spurring them towards accomplishment. They have no family to provide for. And a society that has many of its men sexually frustrated, many of its men without purpose, well, that society is in a lot of trouble because those men are, are well, they're like free radicals. <laughs> they're, they're like potential energy looking for an outlet, preferably an outlet that will provide them with women. And that outlet is often war. But, okay, there is a deeper issue. Why should those men who don't have a wife, who don't have a family, why should they contribute to a society that sees them as as worthless, a society that can't provide them with a family? Now, I personally continue to be impressed, I think is the right word, with with how well the basic infrastructure of our society functions considering this. But I believe that basic infrastructure, you know, the the services that we rely on without even thinking about it, people like truckers and garbage men and policemen and power repair men, well, I think that basic infrastructure will continue to crumble. 
to fail. Because why should these beta men, why should these men who can't find a woman, who can't have a family, why should they struggle and suffer to provide that infrastructure for a society in which they have no stake? But defect defect doesn't just fail betas. It fails women as well. Okay, women are failed by this equilibrium. Now, their revealed preferences, you know, what they actually want versus what they say they want, those preferences are clear. Women would rather get a part of an alpha male's attention and investment than get 100% of a beta's attention and investment. They'd rather have an affair with a married alpha. They'd rather be the girlfriend of the alpha than be the monogamous wife of the beta. But what this means is that they end up getting used sexually by a parade of alpha men who seduce and abandon them. Okay, so these women suffer emotional damage. They start to hate all men because of how poorly they've been treated by high-status alpha men. And they end up single, or they end up as dog mommies, or they end up unhappily married and resentful that they had to settle, or more and more, they end up as single mothers. And single parent households are a tragedy for everyone involved. The statistics here are very clear. The studies here are very clear. Children as a whole do not thrive in single-parent households. Now, you're probably saying at this point, well, if the beta males are failed by this defect-defect equilibrium and women are failed by it, well, that means the alpha men must just be having a grand old time of it. And and it kind of looks that way. But I would argue that even the alpha men, right, even the highest status men right at the top of the the social pyramid, (laughs) the actors, the professional athletes, even they don't win because they too are emotionally damaged by moving from woman to woman to woman. Now, the system seems to serve them as long as they're promiscuous. But guys, look, men want a stable family just like women do, although they may want it a little bit later in life. But when an alpha man decides to settle down, they realize with this sort of dawning horror that they've poisoned their own well. There are very few women left that they consider to be suitable. The quality women have either already been seduced and abandoned over and over and over again, or they're not ready to settle down and be monogamous. They're still in their, you know, party phase, let's say. So the result is everyone loses. Everyone says they want the freedom to leave a relationship, but your freedom to leave your partner means your partner is free to leave you. And everyone claims to want free choice, but the freedom to choose doesn't increase the choices available. It just hides the nature of the zero-sum game for a while. A sexually permissive culture provides only the illusion of securing a better partner. You get to rent the better partner. You might get you know, a better partner for a one-night stand or for a short serial monogamous relationship, but you can't lock down a better partner. Not everyone can get a better partner at the same time. And look, it's not even a zero-sum game anymore. People are getting less attractive. People are getting fatter. People are getting less healthy. And, you know, there's plenty of reasons for this. We've all been lied to about nutrition. Our jobs are increasingly sedentary. We just sit all day and expose ourselves to blue light. And, you know, the social pressure, I would argue, 
at least, that the social pressure now is to make yourself less attractive. Now, add to that the xenoestrogen bath we're all soaking in, and, well, it's no wonder that women are complaining that men aren't masculine enough. And I hear men complaining that women aren't feminine enough. So we're in a negative-sum game, okay? There is less beauty available now than there was in the past, and our expectations are higher because we don't understand what it means to really live in a totally sexually free culture. Now, I think the solution to this problem is that we got to figure out a way to regulate alpha male sexual behavior, <laughs> okay? We got to figure out a way to end their polygamous behavior. We have to figure out a way to shift the game they are playing from single shot, which is the one night stand, to long term, which is a, a, a healthy monogamous marriage. We have to disincentivize what is, what is vulgarly referred to as the, quote, pump and dump. <laughs> okay, but how do we do this? Now, I'm speculating here, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I think I could make a pretty good argument that the Me Too movement was, well, it was an attempt by women to regulate the polygamous activity of the alpha male. It was, it was an attempt to reimpose high social costs for seducing and abandoning women. But I don't think it worked. I think the Me Too movement overall was a failure. Now, maybe it solved some of the worst of the casting couch excesses. But overall, and you know, this is probably controversial, but overall, I don't think women can regulate alpha male sexuality. Men have to regulate alpha male sexuality, just as women have to regulate female sexuality. And obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but it's obvious to me at least that neither of these are happening. And instead, we're in a situation, this defect-defect equilibrium, where men have actually become more likely to congratulate other men for being sexually promiscuous, just as women have become more likely to congratulate other women for being sexually promiscuous, right? It used to be men who told other men to, quote, man up. It used to be women who, quote, slut-shamed other women. But now... That feedback is politically incorrect. It's labeled as hurtful or offensive, even though the function of that feedback was to maintain a healthy sexuality, to maintain a culture of a healthy sexuality. Because a healthy sexuality knows the simple truth that sex is dangerous, okay? How have we forgotten this fundamental truth? Sex is dangerous. Sex creates feelings. Sex spreads disease. Sex creates babies. <laughs> How did we forget this? Well, we think because we have birth control and antibiotics that sex is suddenly safe. But it's not. Sex isn't safe. Sex is dangerous, sex is sacred, and we treat it as safe and casual. We have it exactly backward. <laughs> like so much else today, our views on sex are exactly the opposite of the truth. And that mistake is hurting everyone. Everyone is paying the cost of that mistake. Everyone is paying the cost of sexual freedom. That's all I got this week. I'll catch you later.